ready? All right, how are you guys this morning? You doing good? All right, we're going to stand up for our worship here today. today. Oh, I say tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, um, we're probably the youth band. It's going to have like a really chill acoustic feel. So yeah, let's just get this thing started. Okay, one, two, three. y'all bow with me. Hey Jesus, we just thank you for this day, Lord. Um, We just thank you that it's Youth Sunday, God, and um, all the youth that you 
um, have led and you've raised up in this church and God, the people that um, have surrounded them in love and in faith um, and have just raised us up. Lord, and I just pray um, that as we open the word that you would be here and you would be present, um, that you would just teach us. And we thank you and praise you in your son's name. Amen. The Almighty has a, uh, a sense of humor. I think, at least. Um, I assume so. Oh, I'm supposed to dismiss Blast. I'm so sorry. Um, if you are involved in Blast, if you're a Blast student or a Blast worker, uh, you can head back there. I think they returned sometime around 11.30, but you are welcome to go back there. Have a lot of fun. Um, as I was saying, I, I, I believe that God has a sense of humor. And um, I, I think I believe that because... We are created in his likeness, and, and you guys are funny. Uh, right. And you get those kind of traits from your father. But so I was thinking, is there a way that you can prove that? Is there a way that we can see one of God's creations that actually would prove that he's funny? And so um, we're going to hit some slides here. The first one I was thinking, if we have a God that can create such adorable creatures, like, can you throw up these? Oh, my gosh, that is adorable. A God that can create adorable puppies. Or hit the next one even a cute little teacup pig, but at the same time, he can also mold one of these bad boys, throw up that platypus. Like, isn't that funny? Like, I think he's kind of a creative guy. And also, what about with humans? So with humans, um, he, you, you have these God-given talents. And so, so like God-given talents, sometimes you can be a very creative artist, right? What is this right here? We got a, a beautiful flower. And then some of us, uh, not, not so much, right? Yeah, that's, that's not really a flower, but yeah. So some of us are given some talent, some of us are not. So yeah, I think that's kind of funny. Um, God also blesses us with uh, a sense of, of, I guess, a good sense. Throw another picture here. Yeah, a good sense of taste there. Yeah. And then others, it seems like he mixes the wires up a little bit. Yeah. Isn't that funny how he, sometimes he just makes people not understand things? No, I, think, I, I definitely think that God is a funny person, and um, as we were sitting getting ready for Youth Sunday here a couple weeks back, uh, presenting at Krabby, and I was asking anyone if they would like to lead today's message. And so I, I got to be a part of a funny moment in the, his presence um, when I had Megan Burns actually kind of timidly raise her hand that maybe she might be interested. Uh, later that night, she went home, she sent me a text and said, yeah, I would, I would like to commit to, to bringing the message today. So... And that's not even the funny part. I mean, it's coming up next. Um, so we started talking a little bit about what are we going to do here? What would you like to speak on? And Megan sent me a text back and said that she thinks she wants to talk about patience and planning, which is awesome because so today you're going to hear from a bunch of teenagers on how to be patient and how to plan. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's great. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, so patience and planning, patience and planning. What can I talk about for patience and planning? Um, well, if you look into the Bible, there's plenty of stories there about patience. Uh, we know about Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was promised that he would have numerous descendants, and uh, so, so they went ahead and they tried, and while they were young, it didn't happen. Then they got old, it still didn't happen. And then Sarah kind of ran out of patience, and she told Abraham, go ahead and uh, go with the maid. But then all of a sudden when they turned, uh, Abraham was 100 and Sarah turned 99, boom, out comes God's promise. What about Jesus himself? 
His whole story was about waiting. He endured during his crucifixion. We had to wait three days for him to rise. Job, he's like the poster child for patience in the Bible. We know a lot about Job. Job was promised that, uh, or not, he wasn't really promised. He, he was one of his faith, most faithful um, individuals that you could find on the earth. And then Satan said that, I'm going to take him down. And God said, yeah, go ahead and tempt. And Job stayed true. He was patient through the entire time. And in the end, he was granted more than he could ever imagine. Keep your stuff to yourself, sir. So, so patience, what, but what, can I, what about my story? Do I have any cool stories I can think about? So I, as I was preparing here, I was thinking, yeah, what about patience for me? I, I feel like I handle that well. I've got some patience. I, we had this week, Megan and Cameron and some of the Alvarez family came over, and my son actually was playing with Carson, and he, uh, he hit him. He struck him. And so I, I, it was a time for discipline. So I told my son that he needed to apologize. 45 minutes later, my son finally said he whispered that he was sorry. And so I don't know, is that patience, though, or is that my stubbornness? Because, I mean, I had to take him back to the bedroom like nine times, and half those times we were getting spankings, and it was, it was not a good scene. But I still feel like I don't know that I'm really patient. I think that's more of my, my stubbornness. I know I have stubbornness. And then on the flip side of that, sometimes I can be too patient. I think back to some of the people in my lives, my life where I've tried to witness, uh, specifically like my boss back in college. And uh, he's agnostic, and I, I, I've tried to have conversations with him. He's very open to it, but I, I wait for him. I wait for him to talk about God, for him to talk about Jesus. And then we'll talk. And then when it's done, you know, I'll just, we'll do this on your time. And it's probably been six years, and he's still agnostic. Am I too patient? Plans. Now, plans, planning I can do. Planning I can do. Um, I feel like I'm pretty good at that. I plan for almost everything, uh, with, along with, I guess, probably a lot of the women in this room. But when I plan, I like to plan for me. I plan under my understanding. I'm holding a paper up here because... I've got to make sure that I'm going to say everything the right way. And I want to make sure that I get everything off my chest. I want it to be perfectly, perfectly done. Now, I haven't been reading off here today, so it's not perfect. But still, I planned. But am I doing it right? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out about that. So how can I, I was thinking, what, what can I do up here? What can I do up here if I don't have any really good experience, patience, or planning? So I kind of went back, and I was thinking about things. And so as I started to plan, it hit me. My old youth pastor, um, back in the day, when we would come to church on Sunday morning, sometimes, as we would come into our Sunday school class, we would start off with this uh, special game, more of an activity than anything. Um, and we're going to do it here today, so get pumped, because it's going to be awesome. Uh, what we would do is we would stay completely silent for five minutes. And, uh, and that's exactly what we would look like when he said this. And then we were instructed, I believe we were instructed to just think about God. Think about our time and how we are working in our lives right now with God and what that has to do. And I don't know if it was planned like that, but with a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers, it was pretty ingenious because five minutes is the perfect time to think about God for one minute. Because like first, first minute or so, you're, you're thinking about, oh yeah, uh, let's make some goofy faces at our friends across the room. And and let's be silly and giggle a little bit. And then by the second minute, you're thinking, 
oh, where's that cute girl in the room? Does she like me? Like, how's that thing going right there? And then by minutes three and four, more or less, you're thinking about what are your plans for the day? Like, what am I doing after this five minutes is up? Do I have all my homework done for school on Monday? What kind of material makes up a bouncy ball so it can bounce so really high? Like a lot of intellectual stuff. But then by the fifth minute, you're out of stuff to think about. And so you're almost like, yeah, well, I'll try this thinking about me and God thing. So today, I'm going to ask for, you guys are probably a little bit more mature than me, so we probably don't need the full five minutes. But I'm going to ask for uh, the next three minutes before Megan comes up to speak that you do that with me. If you'll think about what is going on in your life right now with God kind of a, a different thing in our time right now with all these smartphones and everything to take a little bit out of your life. So I'm going to ask that you'll be with me for the next three minutes in silence and you practice some patience.
Am I on? Okay. Well, that was awkward. So I hope you guys all have what you are doing today planned. Um, so I don't, did anybody get a bulletin today? Because I haven't seen them. Oh, that's because I have them. Well, um, if I could get two people to help me pass these out, that'd be awesome. Thank you. So I made you guys wait for when I wanted to pass them out. Um, in the same way that God makes us wait for when he wants to pass whatever he has planned for you out. Um, so let's start off with John 13, 7. And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. When you guys walked in today, you probably didn't really understand why I wasn't giving you a bulletin, why they weren't sitting on the table, or why the greeters weren't hanging them out, but that's because I didn't want you to. So let's pray. Um, dear God, I just pray that um, you would just give me the words to say that you would speak to, to everyone in here um, through me and that something of what I say would really stand out to somebody today um, and that you would just give them the patience that you have with us. In your heavenly name, amen. So when we first started talking about Youth Sunday, Chris was asking, you know, who wants to do this and who wants to do that? Nobody signed up for anything because that's just how we are and we never sign up for anything. So he kept asking and finally I was like, okay, fine. You know, I'll just, I'll do the sermon. So we got together and we started talking about, you know, like what, what, what do we want to make it about? And I said, I really, I really want it about patience and planning because that's been on my heart a lot lately because I'm terrible at both of them. Um, and so we sat down um, and He's like, well, what verses do you want to do? And I said, not Jeremiah 29, 11, because everybody's going to be expecting it, and everybody uses it, so I'm not going to use it, because that just wouldn't be any fun. So I started looking at what verses I did want to use. I was, you know, Pinteresting, of course, and um, I came across an article that said, the truth you don't know about Jeremiah 29, 11. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll read it. So I read it, and I found out that there's actually more to the story. So if you guys will come up and tell the story, that'd be awesome. Jeremiah 29.1 says, This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all of the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into the exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Jeremiah um, 4-7 through says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those to... Oh, sorry. says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too have sons and daughters. Increase the number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried into you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because it is, for if it prospers, you too will prosper. Jeremiah 29, 10-14 This is what the Lord says, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. 
I will gather you from all the nations and places I have banished you, declares the Lord, and bring you and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Thank you. Wait, what? So that verse isn't just about what God has planned for me, where he wants me to go to college or what he wants me to do, but that's about those people were exiled and he was, he was bringing them out of exile. Um, going back to verse 7, it says, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This verse really stood out to me because I think that anyone going through anything can really apply to this. No matter what you're going through in your life, we have to make the best of every situation. Um, even if we're at the lowest of low points, our lives cannot just simply grind to a halt. We have to be praying to God to just bless everything in the situation. We can't just give up. Proverbs um, 31:25. I have it on the canvas here, says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Um, so this canvas is really cool because I got it for my graduation. Um, Kayla Alvarez actually painted it for me, um, and I love it. It's been sitting in my room, and I just keep reading it and reading it, and something stood out to me, and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And then I was, as I was putting my sermon together, I looked over, and I saw it, and I realized that it's the last line, that she laughs without fear of the future, that I think is just amazing because, I mean... I am terrified of my future. Like, I can't laugh about it. Like, I have no clue what's going to happen. And just the fact that God has helped her to laugh without even being worried about, about what's to come. Lamentations 3, 25 and 26 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I mean, honestly, I don't even think I could sum that verse up because I think it says it right there that the Lord is good to those who wait. If you are patient for God, he's going to be good to you. He's going to be, he's going to give you great plans um, if you can be patient. You never really know in that low time as much as it seems like, like it just seems miserable. It seems like nothing is going to come out of it. But you never know what God could be trying to teach you in that moment. Um, you just have to constantly be praying, be patient, and get as much out of it as you possibly can. Going back to Jeremiah 29, looking at verse 13, it says, <clears throat> You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And going straight into our next passage, Proverbs 16.3 um, says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So when we were sitting around, I think it was Wednesday night, um, we were sitting around talking about, you know, what, um, we were going over the sermon, and how can we make it better, and Chris goes, I think it'd be really awesome if you guys added, if you like added some stories, um, just to make it seem a little more relatable, you know, and I was like, in my head, uh, story about being patient, like, don't have one, I'm not patient, but, um, and then I started to think a little more about piano, and guitar, soccer, dance, gymnastics, I think you get the point that I'm not a patient person, and that all these things I tried for maybe a year, maybe two years, you know, give it a little more, but I wanted it to happen in a day, I didn't want to commit wholeheartedly to whatever, whatever it was that I was going to get out of it. I didn't want to try. I just wanted it to happen. Um, but 
God calls us to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to being patient for him, to waiting for whatever he has planned for us. Because his plans are plans of prosperity, they're unharming, and they'll give us hope for our future. Still not, oh, there it is, okay. So, um, I'm definitely not patient. Uh, I'm, I'm with Megan. If it's on Amazon or anything, I have to go, I have to make sure it's on Prime, because then it gets to your house in two days. Um, but, so, I don't have a plan, and that's probably not a good thing to say, but uh, it's not with this, I, I planned out this. Uh, I don't have a plan for my life, and, uh, what God is holding for me later on. And I'm pretty sure for most of you, none of you have a plan on what's going to happen in your future or what God has planned for you. Um, so I made some points on uh, planning uh, to help you learn what God has planned for you. And so uh, the first thing is walk with God. Should be up there, yeah. Walking with God. So in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. One of the things that stood out was acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. He'll lead your way. And one of the examples I came up with, with uh, God, uh, with walking with God, is it's as easy as walking with a friend in the park. And what I mean by that is, say you and your friend are walking in the park together, and you two are having a conversation, and you're both connected and bonding, and you're both focused on one another, and you just, you just have that connection. You're, that's all you're thinking about in the moment. It's the same with God. When you're in the moment with God, that's, that's all you're thinking about. But then, there's kazoos. Yeah, those. The flutes, kazoos, these annoying things, to where if you were walking with your friend in the park and you brought along a kazoo or a flute or whatever and you were playing it, that's all you're thinking about. That's all your friend's thinking about. Your friend's like, this is so annoying. This kazoo is in the way. It's annoying. It's, it, sh it just shouldn't be there. It should be gone. And it's the same with sin and mistakes and all your struggles with God, to where when you're walking with God, you shouldn't be like, okay, well, I'll walk with God, but I'm also going to take this, this sin with me, and I'll, I'll take this one, and I'll, I'll take all these sins and mistakes that I've made with me, and then, and then I'm going to keep walking with God, because that's not what God wants. The second thing is seek godly input. There it is. Um, and what this means is that God put leaders on this earth for a reason and uh, people to give you godly advice. One of the people that I go to whenever I need some godly advice or I'm struggling, I go to Chris. But I'm pretty sure Chris doesn't, uh, doesn't just do everything by himself. I'm pretty sure he has someone uh, there for him whenever he needs uh, a godly input. In Proverbs 11:14, it says... 
There, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Um, most of you might mo know this joke or slash story of the guy that was on the island where he's on an island, he's praying to God, and he's like, I, I really need help. I'm dying, I'm starving. And uh, a guy comes on a boat, and he's like, hey, do you need any help? And he's like, no, it's okay, I have this God, and he's going to help me. And he's like, okay, so he goes. The next day, another, he, he keeps praying, and a guy on a boat comes, and he's like, hey, do you need any help? And he's like, no, I have this God, I'm praying to him, I'm talking to him. He's going to help me out, I know it. Uh, the guy died the next day, goes up into heaven. He's like, God, wh why didn't you help me? I was asking for your help. And God's like, dude, I sent you two boats to come save you. And that's one of the things where we think we can do it on our own, but we need God's help to find our plan. And so that's why he put leaders on this earth. The third and final thing is take a look at your circumstances. And what I mean by that is if I was born without two arms, I'm pretty sure he didn't sign me up for baseball. So you need to look around you, pay attention to God, how God wired you. Like my sister, she was wired to take care of kids. She's a nanny. She, she loves toddlers. She's great with them to where she can't stand teenagers and they get the best of her. And to where I, I feel like I have a connection with teenagers and getting along with them to where I feel like I could teach them. And so it's those little things that we need to uh, keep our minds on and stay focused on to uh, find out how God wired you. Um, God's definitely going to close doors and he's going to open doors. And when he closes those doors in your face, it's not going to feel good. Um, don't laugh, Jessica. <laughs> but in my life, God's closed doors, and God's also opened doors, and the same for my family, and the same for all of you. And when he opens those doors, it's great. But a lot of times, he's going to put a box of keys in front of you, and there's going to be thousands of keys, and there's going to be this door that says God's plan for you, and you're going to have to dig through all those keys just to find one to fit through God's plan for you. And so whenever you're trying to find out God's plan, you can't just give up. Same with what Megan talked about. You have to be patient, but you have to keep trying. Okay, this is it, Chris. No one knows my ending. We've gone over this a lot, but uh, I'm going to have to read off this. Um, so I have one more thing, and this is what it is. Um, on December 29th, 2014, at 3.55 p.m., 13-year-old Cade Calvert died in a boat accident. He was a son, a brother, a grandson, nephew, cousin, and a best friend. Sorry. We don't know why he died, but it was God's plan in no, that gets the best of us. It was God's plan for a reason. We still struggle to this day and don't know why our little cousin died. We don't know why. But I got news a couple days later after his death on, you know, uh, at the Collinsville football game that they, they spoke and had a moment of silence. And 
at this moment of silence and the speaking, it saved 20 kids' lives. Because of that one 13-year-old Christian's death, there's going to be 20 more people in heaven with us. It also gave me the courage to go speak at his youth group. It's where I touched more lives. You know, we look at a lot of God's planning on why, and we understand, and we question, and we don't, we don't understand, but that's just it. We're not going to understand until we're in heaven. Uh, the last verse I have before I leave is, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Kristen's going to come up and pray. You guys would bow with me, please. Lord, I just want to thank you um, for Cameron and Megan and just their willingness um, to listen to you, Lord, and um, to speak to us today. And I pray that you will just um, take what they have taught us and help us to just apply it to our lives and to trust you um, with our plans, even when we don't necessarily understand your plan um, or your timing, Lord, but knowing that um, you want what's best for us. Amen. Before um, we end, I would want Carrie Adolph to come up. She has something to share. Cameron, you put me on the spot. Um, some of you know, um, I think I was gonna cry, sorry. Um, some of you know yesterday we had a funeral for a good um, friend of ours um, that passed away. She was, um, 10 years ago, we coached her on our upward basketball team. And uh, 14 years ago, these guys moved into her dorm and she was a curly-headed little one-year-old um, that they played soccer with on campus. And um, this last week, um, she's supposed to graduate, have her graduation party Friday night. Um, and Tuesday morning, I don't know any of the details. Um, but we got to see her two weeks ago and we're, we're talking to her about her future and what she had planned. And um, she um, was gonna be a med student and um, just had such a strong, seemingly just strong faith and um, had such an impact and just a love for people. And we got to um, really celebrate that over the last couple of days. Um, but Tuesday morning, her, her parents and her family received awful news that she had committed suicide this week. Um, and so instead of celebrating her um, graduation on Friday night, they were at a visitation. And um, we drove up yesterday for the funeral and back, and her, um, a good friend of ours, her old youth pastor, came up and shared something. Um, as, as he was sharing it, it just hit me hard. I'm like, I think there are some people 
um, tomorrow morning that need to hear. This is a very simple phrase, but really do need to hear it because sometimes we forget. You know, today we talked about having patience and waiting in the Lord's timing, and we talked about um, the hope and the plans that we have for the future. And, um, but there are some people who struggle hugely in moments of despair and just depression and believing deceitful things and Satan's lies and, and just feeling like at moments we don't have that hope. You know, like we, we still trust, we still trust that, that in our salvation and we still know that we need a Jesus, but she just got to a place of despair and, um, and she looked at everybody else around her and she loved them so much, but there were times where she struggled with her identity and who she was. And um, what he said was, um, I think that I want you guys to know is that not only does God have good plans for what he wants you to do, but you are God's good plan. God did a great job with you. You are God's masterpiece. And he delights over you just like we do our children when we hold them for the first time. And we love them. He delights in you. And you are part of his masterpiece, and he did a great job with you. And so even those moments of, of struggling with identity or despair, hopelessness, or not sure what's going on, know that you have a God that created you on purpose. And when you don't understand why and what's coming and what's happening, um, he does make everything beautiful in his time if you just hang in there and be patient. But know that you are perfectly planned, and you are not a mistake. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming out today and worshiping with us um, for Youth Sunday. And the blessing for today is from Romans 15. May, God, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Jesus Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to play one more song. Um, church is over. You are allowed to leave during the song, so don't feel like you're, you're rude, but uh, this song is a more pumped up song, but it talks about how uh, God, God is our solid rock. All right, we're also going to need your help for this one, too, so that gives you more reason not to leave. All right, when I sing, you sing it back to me, okay? Ready? There's a rock that doesn't move It hasn't moved, it will never move Even when the waves come crashing down There's a tower on a hill It's always strong, it will never shake It was standing there before the world began There's a wave that's coming in Washing over this town It'll make or break us, reinvent us It's time to lay me down On Christ's solid rock we will stand 